against God. As I look here to the Word of God, I was just thinking about a story before we ever started. Today I want to talk to you about the call of God, the call of God that's on your life. I heard a story about Bear Bryant. Many of you know him, the coach. Bear Bryant was recruiting his team for the next year. They were looking for strong players on the line. And so they're going through the roster of recruits and his coaches had done the, the research on the players. And so tell me about this one, to fulfill this position. He said, well, he's good when he gets knocked down. You know, sometimes he's slow, but he gets back up. He said, no, he, he's not the one I'm looking for. He said, well, this other one here, what about him? He said, well, when he gets knocked down, he jumps right back up. He said, he's not the one I'm looking for. He said, what about this guy right here? He said, well, he gets knocked down time and time and time again, and he jumps back on his feet. He said, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. He said, well, coach, who are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for the one who knocks the other guy down. Now, I want you to know this morning, before we ever get into this message today, if you are born again child of God, or if you desire to be a born again child of God, once Christ steps in you, he's the one who does the knocking down. And he's the one that lives inside of you, and there's nothing you face that he has not already taken care of. He is the champion of all champions. He's the king of all kings. There is none greater, none mightier, none more holy, more separated to the Father's work, more set apart to the, to the things of God than the Lord Jesus Christ, and he lives inside of here, inside of the heart of the church. Now, I want you to look here. This seems a bit obscure. In fact, I've never heard a message. I've never preached a message about this individual. Knew nothing really about him. I've just kind of passed him as I read through Colossians probably a million and a half times. But how many know as you open up the Word of God, it's like a heartbeat that just, it just comes right off the page sometimes. I want you to look here in Colossians 4 and 17. Colossians 4 and 17. Tell Archippus, make sure that you fulfill the ministry which you have received in the Lord. You ever thought about Archippus? You ever considered him? He's mentioned twice in the Word of God. He's mentioned here, and he's mentioned in, the, in Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Archippa, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, to the church in your house. Now, as I look and see things in the Word of God, I begin to automatically start looking at what that name means. You know what Archippus means, you Bible students? It comes from two words, arch, which means master, and hippus, which means horse. The master of the horse. Do you know that the Greeks called the hippopotamus? Hippopotamus because it means the horse of the water. Did y'all know that? kind of fun isn't it you can use that in in the holidays when you're doing trivia you can offer that as a conversation starter but we see here Archippus master of the horse is what his name means 
Why do you think his mom and daddy would call him or name him after a horse? Secretariat. Those of you who watch the horse movies. Black Beauty. I don't know how, but that's about the extent of my equestrian knowledge right there. But they called him Master of the Horse because a horse represented some significance in that day. It represented strength, endurance, stamina. It, it represented excellence. So every time they called his name, they were calling him after a name that would exude excellence in his life. They would say to him, Archippus, come here. Why did you name that boy Archippus? Because I believe he will be a man of endurance. I believe he will be a man of strength. I will believe he will be a man of stamina. He is a son of excellence. Now, many believe, historians and theologians believe, that Archippus was actually the son of Philemon. And that he was a leader at the church at Colossae. But it's interesting here as I look to the Word of God and I see that even as Jeremiah 12 and 5 and how that he came with his complaint before the Lord and how that he saw that whatever he was coming before God and asking him for some help and the Lord said to Jeremiah, if you run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? How can you t contend with the horses? It's good to declare positive blessings over our children. It is good to declare to them that they will live and not die, that they will prosper, that they will be in health, that, that God, my children used to walk around singing this song. Uh, I think it was accredited to VeggieTales. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I'm a, I'm a promise. How's it go? with a capital P, great big bundle of potentiality. Can you see Larry the Cucumber singing that right now? Bob the Tomato, is that, is that get those characters right? But see, when the Lord brought you in, he, he brought you in knowing that you are filled with promise. You are filled with potentiality. You are filled with so much. Now, there's only speculation. We don't know the backstory. We don't understand all that reason why Paul would affirm Archippus in this passage of Scripture. Some believe that he had a ministry. He just hadn't discovered it yet. Some of you in here feel the yearning and the drawing of God that you're called to do something greater than yourself, but you haven't quite discovered that yet. This message is for you. There are those of you that maybe have started out in a ministry call, but somewhere along the way, someone said something, someone did something, and derailed you, and all of a sudden you drew back from your strength instead of the strength of God. Your perspective changed, and you fell into the dregs of discouragement. Somebody is sitting out here today. Some have speculated that may be why Archippus or Paul spoke these words to Archippus. You know, all of us can get discouraged if we allow ourselves, but we have to allow ourselves. It's not something that the enemy has free reign over our heart, but there are times where we can become discouraged in our calling, in our purpose, in God's design and desire for our life. 
In fact, I heard a Bible teacher say one time, if the enemy had all the weapons on the table and could reach out for a weapon to come against a child of God, he would reach for discouragement every time. Because discouragement is a false focus. It is a, it is a focus on things that are a perspective that brings destruction. So it could be that Archippus was maybe need some encouragement to keep going in his in his walk maybe he hadn't discovered what it was that he was called to do as yet some believe that he was just fully at a place where he was ready to abandon the call of God now I looked up to see whether or not Philemon or 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 Colossians was which was written first and which was written second because Paul's address at Philemon was a fellow warrior and here he's telling him to complete the work that, is, that has been started, that has been given to him. But they were both written in the same year, according to historians, so it's hard to tell. So as you look at the Word of God and you begin to, begin to see, I want to see, I want to notice three observance here in this passage. Three observance, things that we can look at here to help us when it comes to the call of God. First of which we see that Archippus, tell Archippus, Make sure you fulfill or complete the ministry, the service which you have received from the Lord. He has a ministry. His ministry was given to him by God, but he must participate in order to see the completion of that ministry. So there's three things that we're looking at. We're looking at purpose. We're looking at promise. And we're looking at perseverance we're looking at purpose we're looking at promise and we're looking at perseverance the purpose how many have ever asked what is the work of God one person all I need just one anybody ask what's the work of God would you want to hear it in the very simplest terms according to the book not what I said but what he says the purpose of God this is the purpose of God for your life no matter what occupation or what area that you choose to serve in and understand this ministry means service you are you are more than servants and you're more than slaves you are sons in service you serve with your time your talent and your treasures you serve God in those capacities you are called to be a servant and you can know just exactly how much of a servant you are when you're treated like one. This word seems like I have to go. It means whenever you walk into a banquet area and there's dirty dishes on the on the on the table, somebody says, get those picked up. Don't you know who I am? Yes, I do. Your chief servant. Get them done. Amen. Come on, husbands. You know. As we look here to the Word of God, what we begin to see as we look to the Word, there is purpose. And this is the clearest, simplest definition of the purpose and the work of God in your life. After the feeding of the multitude, they came back to Jesus. And Jesus said in John 28 and 29, he says, then they ask him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who was sent. 
you believe in Jesus Christ who was sent. Mm. That you believe that what he did was enough to satisfy the sin debt that was against you. What he did was adequate to bring you into relationship with the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When you begin to believe that every, every method that you apply, every means by which you reach for, every, every message which you preach, uh, every service that you do, whether it's at the front door or it's in the nursery or if it's on the workplace uh, or it's out on the street, uh, what you understand is this is the work of God. That I believe that Jesus Christ uh, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he is the Son of God and that what he has done, he has come down to this earth and when he came to this earth he walked as the perfect human he is not the second Adam he's the last Adam and when he died I died with him when he was buried I was buried with him but when he rose my God I rose with him and after I have risen now I am seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ this is the work of God that you believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that. Believe it about him. Believe it about yourself because he's living on the inside of you. Oh, church. I know that opposition uh, is a rampant these days. Uh, there is a pressing and a pushing in uh, of the world uh, against the church. Uh, but the church is not going to falter and fall in the midst of it. Uh, oh, no, because she's living on the knowledge uh, that the God, Lord God Almighty has built us upon the knowledge uh, of the rock uh, of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Uh, and hell will not prevail over the church. The Lord may choose to take me home tomorrow, but the church will not cease to exist. The, the world, what may happen is we may leave this world in a, in, in a moment's time, but the church will not cease to exist because the church is not brick and mortar. The church is not timber and framings. The church is where Christ the King abides and he lives internally within the heart of the church. This is the work of God. It doesn't matter what area you serve in. This is the work of God. That you believe that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. See, the Lord did not come to reconcile heaven to earth. Some believe that the Lord Jesus came down to the earth so that there may be some familiarity with the fallenness of humanity. He didn't come to reconcile heaven to earth. He came with this ministry of reconciliation to reconcile earth to heaven. Wait, that changes everything. Because he didn't come to the earth to stay here. He came to lift us up. 
It, it came and he reached down. He, he might not have reached as deep to get you as he did me, but he reached way down deep. He reached way down in the, in the muck, in the mire, in the, in the slop, in the sin, in the regret, in the remorse, and he pulled me up out of that. And he didn't just pull me up out. No, he lifted me all the way up into heaven and he seated me by, by next to my father. And you may not have an earthly father or one who was a, your father who did anything good for you, but you have a good, 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 good father. This is the work of God. Archippus, you've got a ministry. You've got a calling. And you're calling that the gates of hell will not prevail against the child of God who understands the knowledge of the sacrifice of Jesus. Peter, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're a prophet and some say Elijah. But who do you say that I am? Well, you're the Messiah. You're the risen. You are the anointed one. You are the son of, you are the one. Yes, and upon this rock shall I build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. And upon this knowledge, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of God. You want the keys of the kingdom of God? It is the knowledge of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That what you could never do in yourself has already been done in Jesus Christ. So the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, when he called Nathaniel out, you ever read John 1? John 1, when he called Nathaniel out, Nathaniel was a... He was, I think Nathaniel was just a black and white individual. Any black and white individuals? What I mean by, by that is you, you just see, just yes, right is right and wrong is wrong. No in between. I, I don't know why these people walk in the gray. I don't understand gray. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either yes or it's no. Make up your mind and just keep going. Can we not sit down and look at this for a little bit? <laughs> I think Nathaniel was an individual who was that way. And the Lord called him out. He said, Nathaniel, in whom there is no guile. There's no, you're not a wishy-washy person. He said, oh man, how do you know this about me? Because I've seen you sitting over under the fig tree. I seen you sitting over contemplate. I seen you sitting right over there, and I'm calling you out, Nathaniel. Nathaniel's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You really know me, Lord. You really know me. This is good. I was out. Now I'm in. Now we see Nathaniel. The Lord declares over him because he's so impressed that God saw him under a tree and called him in. But that, that phrase there, many times in the Jewish culture, it means not just sitting under a tree. It means that God understood his thoughts. It's like, oh, you, you know me, so now I'm going to follow you. And the Lord Jesus was telling him, look, you look impressed, but let me tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. Now, what was the reference to that? Jesus was calling himself Jacob's Ladder. 
Because it was Jacob that saw as he laid his head upon the stone in Genesis on his way to receive his bride. But when he was laying his head upon the stone, he had a dream. And he saw angels ascending and descending, messengers going up and down the ladder. He awakened from that dream, the vision. And he said, oh, this is Bethel. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So let me tell you, when the Lord told Nathaniel, said, Nathaniel, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's facts of fulfillment of Jacob's dream. You have heard the stories all your life. You went to Sunday school and you heard about this ladder that was ascended into heaven and how the angels and messengers were going up and down. Jacob awoke, said, oh, this is the gate of heaven. Let me tell you, Nathaniel, this is what's going to happen. You will become the gate of heaven, and you will see that the connecting point between heaven and earth is Jesus Christ, and there is no other way. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. No one comes to the Father but by Jesus. Are we getting it? Are we getting it yet? I, I, think you're, I believe you're thinking right now. You're quiet on me. That's all right. I like, I like the wheels to be turning. Some wheels are spitting up some, some, some smoke over there. That's all right. We'll put it out in a minute. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, no, no, I'm still. No. See, the knowledge of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, knowing the completed work of God, brings me to the realization that hell cannot prevail against me because it cannot prevail against Jesus. But what it also is we're talking about the work of God. You didn't think there was so much in this little verse of Scripture that we were looking at. This is the work of God that you believe in the sacrifice. Not in your sacrifice, in His sacrifice. Believe in His sacrifice as being enough. And that when you identify with the sacrifice, you're buried with Christ, you're raised with Christ, you're seated with Christ. And now what we understand is the gates, the strength, the strongholds of hell cannot prevail against the church. And on the flip side of that is you're called to open the gate of heaven to the world. Let Jesus flow through you. This is the work of God. Archippus, you have a ministry. You have a work child of the king you are called it doesn't mean a rip to me what your daddy said about you what your mama said about you what your spouse said about you what a deacon said about you what another preacher said about you what interests me is what God has said and purposed about you Archippus tell Archippus to complete the work tell him tell that master of the horses tell him to finish the work that he's received from where well they don't recognize me as a person who can do anything Lord that's my you gave me a talent I'm giving it back to you I didn't know where to invest it so I just buried it when I brought it back to you, here it is. Let me tell you this morning, that's not going to hold any weight when it comes before God. 
See, because the Lord, if we understand the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we understand that is the work of God, we understand that is the work of God, that your ministry calling did not come from man. I can't call you. I cannot call you. All I can do as a minister of the fivefold ministry of God, only thing I can do is recognize the call and help you to facilitate the call. But let me tell you, I can't call preachers. There's only one preacher caller. I can't call teachers. There's only one teacher caller. There, I can't call prophets. There's only one who can call forth a prophet. I cannot call apostles. There's only one that can call apostles. I cannot declare a calling over a person. All I can do is recognize that calling. Do you see that your calling is not from man? Your calling is from God. It's from God. Wait, 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 wait. I thought I was just supposed to go to church on Sundays and occasionally on Wednesday, make sure I'm there for the holidays, and not really do anything and just go to on in and you know hopefully my hopefully my house will get saved. I, I don't I don't really see the relevance in this message, and if you don't, then my God, we need a revelation of what we are called to do. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me! Archippus, you've got a purpose. Let me tell you what you may not have ever heard in your life. You need to hear it now. God opened their ears and their heart to receive. You have been brought forth for a purpose. And when the church starts living purpose on purpose... Things begin, you got all over my message this morning, so hush. Takes my stuff and preaches it better than me. But hear me, you got a purpose. You got a call on your life. You have a call. You don't understand who I am. It doesn't make any difference who you are, where you're at. What matters is whether or not you will believe on the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ being enough. And he can take all of your all of your filth, all of your ruin, all of your wreck, all of your wreckage. He can put it all, he can bring it to kings and all of the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, scoop up all of your wreckage, all of your junk, all of your ruin, and he can put you back together and raise you up to the, be the person you have been called to be don't tell me don't limit God by your understanding come to God and say let me understand what you understand I'm not a victim anymore I am victorious the, the one who knocks the other ones down lives on the inside of me I may get knocked down and get back up, but he's the one that's always doing the getting up, and he's bringing the church to the point, I'm tired of the enemy walking on your head. I've called you to be the head, not the tail. I've called you to lead and not follow. I've called you to stomp on the enemy. Mm. Some of you get nervous right now. You're thinking, oh, God, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. It's not me. It's not me. You're not looking at me. You're not looking at me. But see, here's the reality. You will stand before God one of these days. In fact, you'll kneel before him. He's not going to ask you the measure of your offense. 
I got offended, so I'm not ever going back to church again. I know that some of your family members drug you in here today, and you're thinking, oh, good gosh, why in the world did they bring me in here to talk about this? It's because here's the reality. You will face the King of kings and the Lord of lords one day. You will stand before him. See, here's the beautiful thing. God never commands what he doesn't empower. Always. Always. We got, we got a promise. We got purpose and we got a promise. It's not from man, but it's from God. It took me a long time to reconcile myself to the fact that I was called to preach when communication wasn't my gift. I don't like doing those gift assessments because they're like, who cares? I just got to do what God tells me to do. <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't have the gift of communication, but I've been called to preach. Lord, why would you do this to me? Why would you do that? I don't even like to talk. I like to grunt. Mm. My family makes fun of me because I'll get mid-sentence and I'll just shut it off because I get tired of talking. I save up all my words for Sunday morning and Wednesday night. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go down. Any non-talkers in here? Come on, non-talkers, preacher. Non-talkers, non-talkers, anybody else? Preacher, come on. So you get to the place where it's not about that. It's about obeying God. It's about obeying what the Lord has called you to do. Well, it's too far-fetched for the imagination for anybody else. Then keep it to yourself until God brings it about. Amen? Just keep moving in that direction because God has a purpose. You didn't receive this call from man. You received it from God. It is God's call upon your life. When he brought you into the world, he brought you just like he brought Jeremiah to rend the enemy's kingdom and to build up the kingdom of God. He knew you before you were ever born. And he knew exactly where you would be at the exact moment in time. You're not here by accident. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are privileged to be a part of this last day church. It's time that we stop moaning over the environment that we're in and realize we've got a purpose and we're going to live on purpose. Didn't come from man came from God didn't come from man came from God now if you're thinking that I'm talking to your neighbor you're wrong I'm talking directly to you I'm speaking to you now understand this God sources what he gives Archippus Tell Archippus to fulfill the call, the purpose, the ministry, the service which he has received from the Lord. God sources what he gives. Turn with me to Matthew 10, verse 8. Matthew 10, verse 8. I want to read this passage in two different translations. Matthew 10 and 8, for those of you that... Don't want to turn there, or you didn't bring your glasses, you can't see your Bible anyway. Look up on the screen, they'll pull it up for us. I want you to see this. God sources what he gives. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. What? Let's read that again. Heal the sick, 
cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. I don't believe it. Let's look at it again. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. I can't do that. No, I can't. But the one living on the inside of me can. Whoa, wait a minute. Freely, you have what? Received freely give. Here's another translation. You must continually bring healing to lepers to cause those who are sick and make it your habit to break off demonic presence from people to raise the dead back to life freely you have received the power of the kingdom freely release it to others then that word freely there means don't charge them a dime a farthing a penny a pence whatever currency you may operate in don't charge a thing for the cleansing, the raising, the, the healing that comes. Now, here's the thing. The manner I receive is the manner in which I release. The way in which I receive is the way in which I give. And here is the false mentality that has been infiltrating through religious practices in the church. We think we have to earn this thing. If I do good, I'm rewarded. If I do bad, then I am, I am refused. Let me tell you, goodness and behavior cannot be regulated by rules. Behavior cannot be regulated by rules. You try to put a rule on somebody, and, and let me tell you, that rule will cause that person to want that more than they wanted it before. Believe me, I have dieted enough to know this. Tell me I can't have a sweet, and that's all I want. Tell me I can't have bread, and that's all I want. Tell me I can't have meat, and that's all I want to eat. The more that I try to live under that rule, the more that I want the thing that was told I couldn't have. But let me tell you what regulates behavior. That's relationship with the living God. And see, what I have received, I didn't earn. What I have received, I didn't, I didn't purchase. I didn't fast enough to get it. I didn't pray enough to have it. I do know that God will put his, his valuable things into those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled. I agree with that entirely. But if I lay hands upon someone and they are healed, it's not because of some meritorious behavior that I have. It's only because the risen Savior has come through and now he has touched that ladder that extended to heaven is Jesus Christ. And the message that comes through is now touching the earth because the Lord took the veil of the temple and tore in two from top to bottom and now the kingdom comes forth and the lives are changed and it is a gift from God it's free I love that commercial free 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 
Don't act like you don't watch TV. You've seen it. How do you get what God has given you? Do you do it through freedom? Freedom in the spirit of God. Freedom in what he has given. Oh, Lord God, please, please, Archippus, fulfill the ministry calling upon your life that you have received because God would never give you anything that he hasn't already empowered you to accomplish. But we can't lay hands upon people and say, well, you're undeserving. No. You lay hands upon individuals and you say, Lord, freely I have received, freely I give. I love when Peter was walking by the man, right down the street and the man was like, give me alms, give me alms. And let me tell you, we can give alms till our, we're blue in the face and empty out our bank accounts, but it's not going to transform people. But let me tell you, when people get full of the purpose of God and the power of God and the might of God, I'm not against benevolence. I'm not against giving out. And don't take what I'm saying is wrong, but I'm more interested in that being connected to something else inside of you, and that is the power of the living God. And I don't have silver and gold, but such as I have. Have, I give I thee get up and start walking let me release the gate of heaven into your life let me release to you and I didn't mean that Peter didn't go buy him a meal afterwards but what he was giving him was something far more valuable than silver and gold what he was giving him was the treasure that comes from heaven through him you don't earn it you just release it now what we see here is Archippus had a purpose. Archippus had a promise. But Archippus had to persevere. Tell Archippus, finish the work that was started. Now hear me, and I hope I can explain this where we understand. I don't work in work. I work in rest some of you are weary and discouraged because there's a shackle and burden setting upon you that has brought you to the point of absolute exhaustion you don't work in work you work in rest let me explain when the Lord created the heavens and the earth in six days he rested upon the seventh are you getting all of my stuff this morning but see, the Lord didn't bring humanity in on the first day, nor the second, nor the third. Why? Because the work wasn't finished. Nor on the fourth day, nor on the fifth. He brought humanity in on the sixth day, after all the work had been completed. And then he put man in the midst of the garden. And the Lord rested upon the seventh and we think of that as yeah seventh we need rest and yes we do need physical rest but the Lord wasn't resting because he was tired the Lord was resting because he was finished the work was complete when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven he sat down at rest by the Father he sat down why because to tell us die it is finished the work is complete and see, the birth of the church is when Jesus declared, it is 
finished. The work for the redemption of salvation, the rebirth of man, now is complete. And when did God birth the church? It is at the moment where he said, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit. He went to the grave, rose again, and he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father at rest. And folks, understand this. When Jesus Christ said, it is finished, that is exactly what he meant. All that need be done is finished. Now you can rest and not have to earn your way into the meritorious behavior that's going to bring you any kind of glory. All the glory belongs to him. Perseverance. See, the strength doesn't come from me. The strength comes from him. And I will only draw from the strength by which, by what strengthens me. I got fumbled up on that word right there. In other words, if I'm going to be strengthened, it's only by what strengthens me. Anybody have the panels or the sun panels on your roof? Solar panels? Solar panels? Anybody got a solar panel on a gate operator or something like that? On a light? There's a few people in here. We understand the science behind that, do we not? You've got this, this receiver. And when the sun beats down upon that, because that's the source of the energy, what happens is one of two things. That thing will begin to store energy into a battery source, or it'll go back into, it'll, it'll, whatever's drawn from that will begin to be powered by that receiver that is coming from the sun. And the house can be, can be illuminated, it could be empowered, powered by that source. And when there's excess, it can be, go back into the grid and be sold back to the energy company. Not a bad idea. But what happens on those cloudy days? The, the source is, the, the sun doesn't change. It's all, that sun sitting in the sky, it's been here from the beginning. When God said, let there be light, there's light. He said when he separated the, the, the day and the night, he put the sun up there, and it's, it's the same. The generations have come, generations have gone, but the sun is still up there. It's still going. Still going strong. If we leave tomorrow, we're all gone. That sun will still be there. It'll be there because it's hanging upon the word of God. God said, let there be light, and there's light. Let there be, let there be a, a, a greater light by day and a, and a lesser night, light by night. But it's all that sun is up there. It doesn't change. It's always the same. And when it comes down upon the earth, it's the earth that rotates and moves. It's the earth that moves. But when there's clouds out, now all of a sudden that energy source has been limited because it can't absorb. And what the Lord is showing me is that the source of the strength has been clouded by our perceptions it has been clouded by my, our misunderstanding of God and we don't have the source coming in and feeding the receiver of our heart because we are living under this dark shadow of insecurity this dark shadow of regret this dark shadow of grief this dark shadow of works and with this dark, dark shadow of, of, of everything that would deter and distract and destroy anything that would be good inside of our heart see the Son of God is always and forever the same same yesterday same tomorrow same today as he's always been his light has never gone out it's always shining 
In fact, there's coming a day where there'll be no more need of the S-U-N because the S-O-N will light the city. It will be eternity will commerce with the, with the unseen will begin to merge with the seen and that old S-U-N will be removed but the S-O-N will illuminate. He will ne- his light will never go out. I don't know about you but I don't want to wait to get to heaven before I start living in heaven on earth. If I want my life to be reconciled, I want your life to be reconciled to heaven. But see, if I source my strength through my works, through my will, then I'm going to live in this roller coaster of reward, refusal, reward, refusal. Because there's days I'm going to do good. I had this conversation with somebody today. It's like there's some days you open your mouth and everything you say, you get in trouble. I was talking to another husband. He said, I've learned to keep my mouth shut. I said, me too. I had a day the other day, every time I opened my mouth, I was just, I was like, man, I'm just messing this thing up. Can I get a witness, some help? Maybe an escort out of the building. But just some days, it just things are just don't work. Hey, thank you. There's just some days, you just mess everything up. But God's still the same. He didn't love me any less. What does he do? He shakes me off and punches me a little power. Not punch to knock me out. Puts a punch back in me. Knock the enemy out. He shakes off the... Those bones in the, sitting in that valley, they, why were they shaking? They had to get some stuff off of them before they come together. You know what's happening right now? God is shaking the church awake. He's just getting some stuff out of the way. He's just getting the old debris. I'm going to put this thing back together. I'm going to put the ankle bone on the of leg bone and the leg bone on the hip bone and the hip bone on whatever bone. and We're going to put all them bones together. I didn't go to medical school. You nurses and doctors, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody seen a skeleton? Hopefully you hadn't seen one in here. But anyway, get them bones back together. You can get them bones together. Now we got to get some muscle on them. Let's put some muscle. Let's wrap them up in some skin. But they're not alive until the spirit begins to breathe. And when the spirit begins to breathe, now we got power. Now they raise up an exceeding great and mighty army. Because the commander of chief, commander in chief lives inside of them the one that knocks the enemy down and all of my enemies and there's no enemy that can stand against him how would you like to be a running back when the Lord God is your tackle (laughs) I'm gonna follow him ain't nobody gonna get around him Woo! let's go I'm going all the way to the end zone Woo! all right long as I stay behind him I'm not ever gonna have to worry I just keep on running I just keep on going Oh, I better let up. Oh, they're jealous. They didn't get it over here. I'm following the Lord. What is the matter with that guy? He just lost it. He just lost it. Woo! Sorry. 
Winston Churchill said this, never, 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 never give up. Let me just add to that. Never, 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 never give up. We're that close to the end, folks. What you have, you didn't get from man, you got from God. And when God calls you, he empowers it. And if you feel yourself waning, you feel yourself crumbling under the load, then you're carrying too much of the weight. It's time to enter into the rest of God and let him get the glory to know this. I can't earn the anointing, but I've got to have it. I can't earn the revelation, but I've got to have it. I can't earn anything that God gives me, the goodness of the Lord, but I've got to have it. All he's looking for is some hungry hearts, some hungry souls, some individuals who know that they know that they know that the Lord's sun shining in my heart, that is what causes the power. And if I lose power, I've just got to get the clouds out of the way and let the sun continue to shine because the sun up in that universe, it is always going to be the same. And the atmosphere of earth may change, but my God will never change. I like to preach like you think I'm never going to stop and just bring it to a screeching halt. Here's the thing. Church history tells us that Archippus finished strong. In fact, he is believed to be numbered. One resource told me that he's believed to be numbered among 70 of the apostles and that the Roman government came in And hung he and his father Philemon. Killed them for the cause of Christ and became martyrs. I've had people tell me, I want to be a martyr for God. Let's start with this. Let's crucify our offense. Let's crucify our insecurity. Let's crucify the thing that's keeping us cloud that's keeping the sun from coming down and energizing our source. Amen? Oh, Father, I pray. I pray today that, Lord, we would fulfill the call upon our lives that we didn't receive from man. There'll be no other man, Lord God, at your throne. We will stand alone before you. And Lord, I, I pray today that the revelation and the knowledge and the understanding may come forth, Lord. That we may understand where our strength is sourced. That we have a purpose in our life. With heads bowed and eyes closed today. I know what discouragement feels like. I know what disappointment feels like. I wish I could stand up here and tell you I'm a man without failure, but I'm not. I know what hurt feels like. But I do want to tell you today that if you're discouraged, 
God wants to infuse. I believe the grace of God is in this house to infuse courage in you. God is saying to you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The grace of God is here right now. He's extending his arms out to you saying, come on. We're not going to ask you what it is you're struggling with. It's between you and the Lord. But if you've been a, even the least bit discouraged and you're saying, Lord, I, I just want that cloud. I just want the, cloud, the skies to open. And Lord, for that beautiful, brilliant rays of your glory to energize me again. You're going to walk out of here different than what you came. Can you feel the grace of God right now? Can you feel his grace reaching? I want you to stand. If you're able today, I want you to stand. And I'm going to ask you to do something. This is a brave something, but I believe in order to receive, we got to get our vessels opened up. If you want to leave discouragement here, I want you to come right now, and I want you to lay that down. You want that discouragement, you're going to leave it here, and you're going to pick up encouragement, and you're going to leave it. Come on. Come on. Come on. The grace of God is here. The grace of God is here. What's going to happen in these altars, the voices of your past are going to be destroyed. <laughs> those, those voices that told you you couldn't, you wouldn't, and you would never, let me tell you, you're going to. And you're going to far exceed all those, uh, everything that was ever told to you from the world and from the past and from your pain is not true because you're a child of God. Grace, the grace of God, worship team, if you're able, if you're not in the altars, you can stay in the altars. But if you come up here and help Billy today, this morning lives are being changed. Lives are being changed. The grace, the grace of God, the grace of God is flowing. That river of grace is flowing right now. That unmerited favor, that empowering right now is flowing. You're not going to leave like you came. Come on. I need my prayer team to come help me. I need a prayer team.